This is JDF Karande and uh, founder of Wearcast, and uh, I'm on the App Guy. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. Uh, I am your host, it's Paul Kemp, and this is the App Guy podcast. So if you're an indie app developer, a business owner, entrepreneur, just anyone who's interested in apps and what we do to build apps, then really this is the uh, podcast for you. Now what we do is we get a load of uh, different guests, and let me just set this up uh, to introduce our next guest. Uh, As an app developer, I... um, have had uh, experiences you've probably had these before where you work for clients uh, you get those clients cold uh, you know via email or uh, however you're, you're marketing yourselves and they can be the biggest pain in the backside clients that you'll ever get um, because they just don't understand your business they don't understand you as a person um, and my business changed when I started to uh, when I started to really uh, put myself out there as a personality, start this podcast, just start doing uh, branding for myself. And that's why I'm really excited about talking to the next guest. The next guest is uh, Maggie Patterson, and uh, she is the founder of maggiepatterson.com. So uh, I really invite you to go and uh, check out her website, maggiepatterson.com. She is also uh, the host of a great podcast called Marketing Moxie. So you can look that up in iTunes or however you get your podcasts. Um, Maggie, it's great that you could join us on the App Guy podcast. Thank you so much, Paul, for having me. I'm excited to talk about branding and apps and all kinds of my favorite things. Great. Well, let's start off by talking about yourself and how you got into the, uh, you know, the, the ventures that you're doing now and, and how you ultimately came up with the idea behind uh, MaggiePatterson.com. Well, it was kind of, a, you know, like any entrepreneur, it's been a journey full of twists and turns. But it really, really started about 10 years ago. I had gone to maternity leave with my son and my son is now 10, which is just crazy. But we have a year-long maternity leave here in Canada. And I just knew that was my opportunity to leave my big corporate job in an agency. I traveled a lot. I was on the road. I was, you know, I had a very stressful lifestyle. And between the time I was pregnant, a lot of family stuff happened, the extended family. And I thought, you know what, I need more flexibility. I want to be able to spend more time at home. And so I really started putting my brain power there. And I was like, you know what, I can be a freelancer. So I actually never went back to work after maternity leave, set up my own consulting business. And I literally quit my job. I had no clients. I had no plan. And I kind of white knuckled it for a while. And within a few months, I had attracted some corporate clients, you know, I was meeting my revenue goal. So I was like, hey, this is really going to work. Fast forward eight years later. And I was increasingly bored. I really had fallen into this freelancer mentality. So all the things I'd wanted to escape, I was right back into it. I felt like I couldn't take time off. I couldn't do certain things because I had this obligation to my corporate clients. And, you know, they were paying me very well. So I won't complain about that. But I really had this golden handcuff situation yet again to deal with. So about a year ago, I started digging in. I was like, there's got to be another way to do this. And I fell into the online world. 
I'd always known it was there, but I just wasn't actively connecting in it. And from there, I set up my business's first website, which is funny. I didn't have a website for eight years, but all my <laughs> business was on referrals, which is a great place to be. So I set up MaggiePatterson.com in July of 2013 and have never looked back. I, over the few months of that, you know, started looking for different types of work, connecting, really building my network. And here we are fast forwarding into 2014 and things are great. My business is really growing. I have quite a few clients I'm working with one-on-one and helping them with their branding and their publicity and their promotion for their business. And I absolutely love it. I wake up every day excited again, which was the point of pivoting my business. Now, the reason it's relevant for the App Guy podcast, that story, I mean, it's a wonderful story. And one of the uh, attractions of becoming an app developer is that we can work anywhere in the world and we can be, uh, uh, I guess, uh, we can choose the, the times that we want to work. Uh, we can submit our apps to the app store from anywhere and they can be sold anywhere in the world pretty much. Uh, and so there's a really attractive uh, lifestyle for people. And uh, it's really nice to hear your story and the fact that you realized that you were falling into the trap of uh, almost building a job for yourself. Uh, how did you how scared were you to make that change? How uh, frightening were you? Because I'm sure there's people listening now who are equally as, as frightened of making a change. And, uh, you know, take us back to that point where you were you're making that change in your life and tell us how you felt. I think the big change for me came last May. I had gone on a two-week trip to Fiji, which from Canada is quite a large trip. And I really, in that time, realized like how much I enjoy traveling and that as much as we travel quite frequently as a family that I wanted to travel more. I wanted to have more flexibility. Um, you know, the idea of location independence for me was very, very appealing, even if it's, you know, we're not going to become nomads. We still have a house and a mortgage, but to really have more freedom. So I really thought about it. And then I was just like, you know what? You've done this once before. I was terrified, but I was like, let's give it a shot because what you're doing is not working. I wasn't happy. I was stressed. I was unhealthy. And, you know, it, it was terrifying, but I did it over a series of months and was able to really have a, a smart, smooth transition out of there. I think sometimes, too, you know, there's always a discussion if you should just quit your job. I think sometimes if you can, just quitting your job is the best thing you can do because it forces you to hustle. Right. Yeah, that's, that puts a little bit of pressure on, I guess, for you to actually make things happen. I mean, you know, we have similar shared stories because... You're, it's funny how your clients can actually be a, a little bit of a pain. That was all I, I said in the opening, that, that sometimes these uh, clients can take you for granted and that you have these service agreements, uh, especially when building apps, you have to maintain them for the clients. Uh, they don't appreciate the amount of work that goes into the uh, app development process. Uh, they have unrealistic expectations. Um, so you're giving us hope that we can actually move away from that and, and uh, make a change and what led you to be different then? Why, why um, go down a different route of uh, building a brand around your personality and uh, doing things differently? How did that feel? Uh, for me, that's probably been the hardest part of this because in the online world, you are banking on your personality. And I come from a traditional you know, copywriting and PR background. So my job has always, always been to make other people look good. So I knew exactly how to do it. But when it came time for me to start putting myself out there, doing things like guest posting, podcasting, 
I'm not going to lie. That was probably more terrifying than not having a paycheck because all of a sudden I was sharing my opinions. I was taking stands on issues. But a lot of it is just that confidence to actually do it and then realizing that you do have something to actually contribute. No matter what stage you are in the game, there is something you know that you can be sharing. And I think you just need to find the right thing and really focus on sharing your story. I mean, I am not for everyone. Not every online business or entrepreneur is going to want to work with me, but there are those that are aligned with my values and how I operate. And they, they love my personality because I am very direct and straightforward. And, you know, we just focus on getting things done. So if they want someone who wants to sing Kubaya and hold their hand, they're going to go to someone else. So who is your perfect client? Would you say, if you've got in your mind, uh, who you're looking to attract, uh, perhaps someone who's listening to this now. I think, you know what, it's always, it's so valued to be constantly going back and checking in with yourself, looking at your business. Are these the type of clients I want? Do, you know, is this working for me? And for me, it's really, um, it's an entrepreneur that's trying to embrace their expert role. They're not really sure how to do it. They're usually a coach a consultant, a speaker, an author. There's someone that's kind of on the cusp of success and they just need that little little kick to get over the edge to grow into something much bigger, much more powerful. Well, you're appealing to, uh, it feels like you're appealing to me there. I'm like, where do I sign up? <laughs> um, you've, you mentioned that you've got an iPhone. Um, Perhaps we could, we love talking about apps on this show. It's the App Guide podcast, after all. Uh, do you happen to use apps to get through the day? I, you know, it depends on the day. If I'm more actively, uh, you know, I'm not with my MacBook Pro, which is always my first love. I have to admit, um, the iPhone will definitely be in my hand if I'm not with my friend, the MacBook Pro. And I, I do definitely use a lot of apps on there. I have ones that are on there for my son. I have ones that we use as a family. And then ones I'm just using for myself as I'm, you know, working on things on the go. If I'm sitting at swing lessons with my son, how can I multitask to make the most of that time? And that's really where those apps come in for me. Oh, that's good. Well, you know, the other thing that we do on this show is that we uh, investigate pain points in businesses because... Normally, when we talk about uh, things that are frustrating you in business, um, you know, we, we come up with these uh, great app ideas. And uh, so perhaps you could have just a think about things that are frustrating you and we can explore the potential of uh, creating an app to, to overcome those issues and those real pain points in, in business. You know, ultimately for me, it's not a productivity app would be my dream app. It's the what's for supper app. <laughs> because <laughs> that's always yeah. the biggest question in our house what's for supper and if my husband or I don't have our act together you know at four o'clock it's like oh what is for supper so I'd love an app that says um put in these three ingredients and here you go and something that doesn't require me to run out to the grocery store and get something else something I can make that's easy and healthy so app person if you want to invent that I will be your beta tester <laughs> yeah you know uh Actually, I've started using over the um, uh, winter, I guess it's the summer in Dubai. Um, I was using Uber. It, uh, when I was living in Dubai, it came over to uh, the uh, the UAE. And uh, it's the first time I've ever used Uber. I know that you've uh, had it for a few years now. Uber is that service where private drivers come and pick you up and uh, you just click a button. Um, so I'm almost envisioning that every household who has an iPhone could have an app 
where they click a button and a really healthy home-cooked meal turns up within 20 minutes. Oh my gosh, I live in a rural area, so that would be the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, and it comes on a drone. <laughs> yeah, it would be perfect. Because even for me to say, oh, we need to go get, you know, whatever spice, it's that's an, now an hour commitment out of my day. So I just won't do it. I'm like, I'm not going to make a trip for some fresh basil. Forget it. What else could we make? Do you, do you think that, just moving on, like, do you think, how, how would you suggest uh, people go about then uh, building up their online profile and uh, g- getting um, a dose of their own personality online. What's the best bit, they, the best way to start? So I think the absolute must have, and I mean, it sounds so obvious, but so many people don't do this well, is a really strong personally branded website. A lot of times our tendency is to hide behind the name of the company, to hide behind everything else and put up some it's okay website, but it's not really connecting with your ideal client. So taking the time and care to really define your brand, to figure out what your values are in a brand, how do you want customers to feel when they come to your website? All those things need to be considered. You know, are you going to use gray or are you going to use red? I mean, it sounds like it should be a very simple decision, but it evokes a very different emotion. So figuring out all those things and then really putting that to the website combining it with copy that really does show your personality. I think a lot of times website text is either A, very robotic, or B, um, doesn't actually sound like the person that I know it's representing. So putting all those pieces in place and taking the time to do it right, I think is more important than anything else. Because ultimately online, as an app developer, whatever your business is, it is your calling card. And you need people within an instant of showing up on that site to say, yeah, they look credible. I trust them. Oh, I feel like they can handle this job for me. Yeah, I was just thinking back on some of the guests that we've had on the show. And we had uh, Phil McNevin, uh, who has done some really cool apps. And I noticed on his website, as well as yours, um, it's all around the personality and, uh, you know, big pictures of uh, him and you and uh, you can clearly see and identify that this is a very different company. It's almost like dealing with human beings rather than these um, faceless corporations. And uh, do you, so, so do you actually see demand for uh, someone buying into your brand, your personality, and shying away from just you know, this history of having big corporations in our lives? Are you actually seeing I that? I definitely change? see that. I th- like, it's interesting. It's not my target market, but even smaller or medium-sized businesses are attracted to me because... The idea of a corporation, it also comes with all this, these layers of bureaucracy and sluggishness and everything else. Whereas I think if you know you're dealing with a person, the the process is going to be a lot more agile, a lot more dynamic, and probably a lot more fun. I mean, something like developing an app, no matter what that app is, it should be a fun process. So if you're someone who has personality and they're going to have to work with you day in, day out, you might as well just put your personality out there because that is what's going to help you avoid getting the wrong clients. Like if you're a bit goofy and quirky, you don't want to work with a client who's going to be turned off with that. So, and I don't know, I think to a point you want to be a little flexible with your clients, but life is too short to work with clients you don't like. (laughs) Yeah. That's well said, and it took you, what, eight years to find that out? But, yeah, and, you know, in, in defense of my corporate clients, I really did actually enjoy them. I think the change wasn't so much them. It was me, and just that 
you know, reaching a point in my life where I was like, yeah, I want to be able to see the impact of what I'm doing way more than just this corporate entity. I want to be able to take someone who's got something amazing and put them out into the world and help them really meet their goals and thrive versus, you know, making more money for a public company. Yeah, that's uh, well said. I mean, we um, have just actually interviewed uh, Steve Olsher, who's um, who's come off of uh, CNN and TED and doing a lot of uh, personal coaching. And, and he said as well that, you know, he, he actually got to a point where he'd built four companies. Some of them were as high as $50 million uh, in turnover. And uh, then he realized that uh, he'd rather do something a little bit more um, I guess, uh, more purpose, purposefully driven uh, in life than just pursuing money. And uh, he built a business around his personal brand as well after, you know, quitting all that stuff and, and building up a consultancy. Um, so it, it's really happening out there. And I can really see that uh, the benefits of, of doing that. Can you give us some specific advice on uh, how we go about doing it, what to use, uh, WordPress oh. or... Uh, you know, self-hosted WordPress all the way. If you're an app developer, you should be able to handle self-hosted WordPress, no problem. And I mean, you could take with WordPress, you could take a pre-built theme and do some customizations, or you could, you know, actually work with a branding and development and web person to really create something that's dynamic. Um, making sure that you're connected into a really good email system. It could be an Aweber, it could be a MailChimp. If you're more advanced, it could be you know, an Infusionsoft or an Office Autopilot and making sure that you have all those kind of pieces of technology working together on the back end. I think a lot of times we just go, oh, I'm going to do a site on Squarespace. And then you don't really think about how you can't use plugins. I mean, the WordPress economy is pretty incredible. You can find a plugin to do anything you need for your site. And, and can you actually get plugins then uh, that work for MailChimp and uh, for you know some of the other services? Yeah, all those services, they integrate beautifully with WordPress. I mean, self-hosted self WordPress is really, truly at this point, industry standard. It's not like a few years ago where we had, you know, WordPress.com and then we had TypePad and Blogger. I mean, those are more for a lower level, someone who can't handle, you know, touching a piece of code on the back end or installing WordPress. Um, you know, if you're technically inclined, a self-hosted WordPress site is pretty straightforward. Um, but whatever you do, for the love of Pete, please make sure you use a backup system so your site doesn't get hacked. Because that happened to yes. mine and I have to say, like, <laughs> red alert warning. Oof, that was tense. <laughs> yeah. It happened to me. It happened to me. I lost um, I lost a, an email marketing list of 20,000. Oh. And uh, I was, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't do, update the security patches and clearly I was quite vulnerable. And uh, it was a lovely site, but uh, it ended up getting hacked and then the server was completely unusable and I couldn't get any of the data back. Um, so uh, I... Uh, I actually moved on to Squarespace and uh, unfortunately, like you just said, I am starting to find that there's a lot of plugins that I can't use and uh, there's a lot of things that really frustrate me about it. But uh, at least I don't have to worry about the hosting. Um, do, do you have any advice on hosting as well? Um, for, for oh Squares my gosh, for if my developer and person who takes care of that listens to this, she'll kill me if I, I comment on that. All <laughs> I say is, I don't know, you make it work. Here's the money because <laughs> I don't want to think about it. After the, my client's site got hacked, I literally like everything's now on a very tight shared server. And I think the other thing is, too, if you are going to pick a hosting company, I can say this much. Um, make sure you really do the research, get referrals. Um, 
a lot of them promise a lot of things and they their service levels are just not what they say they are or they you know they're more prone to hacks or whatever the case is so take the time and shop around and you know remember you get what you pay for in this world i was just thinking back to a, a wonderful uh, episode we had with um dan uh, Norris, his name was, and uh, he had spent quite a bit of time trying different ideas. And eventually he stumbled across this idea. Um, I think he had the idea and then went, within two days launched the company. And it was to uh, support uh, WordPress users uh, doing a 24 hour a day, seven day a week uh, uh, WordPress support for technical problems and for glitches. And uh, uh, yeah, I th- I obviously that's a really good idea because I think a, a lot of um, entrepreneurs set up a WordPress blog and then try try and stumble across all these different uh, things that need to be updated and uh, you know uh, the hosted server needs continuous maintenance and so clearly you've um, you know you've uh, outsourced out or employed somebody I guess to do that and uh, it's a wise thing yeah to I do. think that you know it goes to the bigger point of there's only so many things you can be good at in your business so I focus on the things I'm good at and when I'm not so strong or I'm over my head I find someone who's the subject matter expert and I engage them I, I love to outsource things so that I can sleep at night instead of worrying about them. Well, um, we've got an app for that that we just recently discovered called Clarify. And uh, that's where you can go and get subject matter experts and you can approach them via this app called Clarify. And then they charge by the minute and uh, there are different rates on there, but you can see reviews from people that have used them. And I, I'm starting to use the app and I think it's really good because for, you know, just for a few hundred dollars, you could have an hour with uh uh, someone who's been through all that pain and just get the perfect advice and uh, not make the same mistakes. And so, yeah, that's one I recommend. Yeah, I'm going to check that it's out. That's really very cool because you never know when one of those questions is going to come up and you're like, uh, who can answer this for me? I'm not entirely sure. So let's just talk a little bit about your business and how you manage um, all these different things. Are, are you employing staff in the business or are you outsourcing uh, some of those uh, projects? Or how, how does it actually We work? have absolutely no employees. Um, everything is a contract basis. So I have a communications coordinator who's on a contract. I've just brought in someone who works with me on client work on things like marketing automation. And then I also have a developer an accountant, a podcast editor, <laughs> transcriptionist. So all those pieces, you know, and it's not like I'm spending a huge, a lot of money. You can really find the right people at a price that's going to work in your budget. So maybe if money's a little tighter, you're going to say, okay, I really need someone to get in and manage my Gmail to help me with scheduling appointments, um, to keep things up to date in Basecamp. So I'm going to hire a GVA for $20 an hour. And that person's going to work, you know, four hours a week. You can really kind of dip your toe in and then warm up from there. I mean, I started out with a VA and then I've, you know, over the last few months added people where I need them. And, and that frees me up to focus on working with clients and doing um, the revenue generating activities. And Maggie, how are you finding those people? Are you going through some of the websites like Elon? I actually have used Odesk quite a bit. Um, Odesk has been a win for me. That's where I got my podcast editor, my transcriptionist, um, my communications coordinator. She came to me through a personal referral and pretty much all her clients are people I know. So it's worked out great. We're all kind of in the same mindset and using the same types of systems. And then um, the person I've just brought in to work on marketing automation with me, um, 
we actually had done some work together and I just, I discovered working with her that she was absolutely brilliant on things like building sales funnels. Like I need you and my clients need you. So how can we work together? Of course, like, cause we get involved in a lot of different uh, joint ventures, yeah. building apps. And uh, then you, you, that's the way to get to really know somebody. And if they're good, then I guess don't let them go. That's what you're yeah, saying. And I always, you know, I think the biggest thing is to really take the time to, set the expectations, create systems if you need them. Too many times we you know, bring someone into a project and we're not entirely clear on the scope of work is, we don't set out expectations and then it starts to leave a sour taste in our mouth. And honestly, if we're leading it, it's back on us for not doing those things. And so before we say goodbye, I was just wondering if we could uh, talk about social media as well and how you're using social media in your business and how effective it, is it uh, to generating clients for you? So I would say for me, the biggest win has been um, with social media is really just using it as a way to network. I'm not really using it in a, I'm not using it heavily in a traditional way, you know, kind of here are my updates. Uh, the main thing is really just working in groups. So whether it be uh, Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups, taking that opportunity to, you know, be of service, answer people's questions, provide value, share resources, and really come from a place of help versus sales. And that for me is really where, you know, the bulk of my clients are coming from because they like my style. They like the information I'm providing. You know, we start to converse, we connect. And then from there, you know, we get the ball rolling. Yeah, I I think that lesson I'm learning from that is that um, so often we get uh, I guess, uh, suckered into these um, particular social media advertising strategies, you know, the fact that we can use robots to uh, communicate to our clients and our audience. And uh, too often, I mean, especially Twitter now is just is, is so much uh, automated uh, tweets mm-hmm. in there. It's really hard to use it uh, and engage with people in it and uh, really be helpful. So um, I mean, me personally, uh, I use Twitter on my iPhone and I have, um, it's changed my experience using an app called TweetBot because uh, TweetBot has enabled me to uh, mute all those uh, various uh, robots and uh, you only get communications from real live human beings and it's just made a big difference. Uh, so I can, you know, really engage with people and just, uh, you know, use it for how it was supposed to be. Um, so I'm just wondering if you're finding that or, or would you agree that, what, what do you think about all these automated processes? Oh, I'm so conflicted about the automated processes. I think for something, let's say like Twitter or... Facebook, I mean, if you're going to set a baseline of updates, like, you know, on Thursdays, you do your blog posts, you want to make sure you post to your Facebook page. I think if that's the type of scheduling you're going to do, that's fine. Scheduling is never a substitute for human interaction. If you're going to be posting, be ready to respond to tweets, respond to things, Um, even comments on your blog. Someone leaves you a comment, you darn well better get on there and show that there's a person behind it. And I think that what you said about, you know, connecting with real humans that's the point of social media. So always trying to use a tool to, you know, take the shortcut. You've kind of lost the whole point of the entire exercise. Well, that's well said. And I know that people listening perhaps will have to look at their own strategies. And uh, I know I had to review the way I was using Twitter and uh, just change the way because uh, I had um, an app called If This Then That, IFTTT.com. Yes. Uh, 
and it's uh, just it, I loved uh, that because it would just uh, post some pictures. Uh, it would go into Pinterest, post some pictures of um, of tech stuff and apps and new apps and uh, news feeds, and uh, it was posting a lot of stuff for me. But of course, it just meant that I was filling up my followers, uh, you know, their timeline with clutter. That uh, yeah, just I switched all that off. But I love uh, I love that app, uh, IFTTT, and uh, I do use it for other things. Have you read um, Gary Vanderchek's latest book? Jab, jab, right Uh I've heard about it. Obviously, I'm going to have to download it, it on my Kindle. Is, have you read it? Everyone that? should read it. It just, it'll flip your brain about how you think about social media. I think we think of social media as, here I am, let me broadcast to you. It really just talks about how to come from a place of service and value and how you need to respect every platform's different requirements and needs and create content um, that is going to work for those platforms. I cannot recommend that book enough. It's an easy read. It is full of case studies. So it's very, very practical and tangible. I think it. everyone, if you're using social media, has to read it. Great. Um, uh, I'll get on my Kindle straight after this and uh, <laughs> go yeah, and download that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a shame. Well, maybe I should listen to the audio version as well because uh, I find that uh, digesting audio is uh, just a little bit easier than uh, a lot of I reading. Agree. But uh, that's my preference. Uh, Maggie, it's been a real pleasure. I mean, it's half an hour just floated by, and uh, there's so much content that you've shared with us and uh, so many valuable insights. We love your story, and uh, it's been inspiring that you can make a change uh, in your life. That, you know, we, I love the quote that uh, is that we are free when we choose to be free. And uh, you've you've obviously um, you've played that out with your life. So thanks for sharing your journey with us. Um, how can we best reach out to you and, and uh, connect with you? Um, the best way you can reach out with me is either on Facebook at facebook.com slash Maggie Patterson PR. And it's Patterson with two T's. Um, if you are listening to the podcast, obviously you love podcasting. So uh, if you want to listen to the show, head on over to iTunes and look for Marketing Moxie. And of course, my website, MaggiePatterson.com. Well, Maggie, it's been a thrill. I'm really pleased that you've come on and joined us on the App Guy podcast. And it just leaves me to say thanks very much. And uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to speak again soon. Thank you for having me, Paul. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast 